Disclaimer. This episode may contain languages and situations that are inappropriate for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This episode contains spoilers up to episode 4 of the series. Catching up to that point before listening is highly recommended. As always, opinions expressed belong to the individual participants and do not reflect Dub Talk as a whole or other organizations participants are involved with. And if you like this episode or other episodes of Dub Talk, please share the link across social media. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy the sh- Wait. Am I- Am I in light novel hell? God damn it. Andrew! The world is a mysterious place. An ever-changing, ever-evolving place. People, more specifically human beings, are at the top of the food chain. We've been prevailing for so long without ever batting an eye at this fact. But this, of course, raises its own series of important, plentiful questions. What if evolution kicked in and our own naivete and avarice kicked in, resulting in our untimely destruction? What would happen at the end of humanity? What goes on at World's End? What are you doing? at the end of the world. Are you busy? Will you save me? Ladies and gentlemen, today we tackle these questions and many, many more in the ultimate chronicle of absurdist light novel titles yet. World End, aka Suka Suka. My name is Dark Elf Andrew, otherwise known as Dignified Spartan, and I'll be leading today's quest. Joining me in this party is the wise sage, Roots of Justice. Hi, diddly-ho, neighborinos. Hi, elf, Jet. You. And, of course, the demoness trickster herself, Megan. Om nom 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 nom. Hi, guys. Ah, you little trickster devil, you. Anyways, so, let's get started, shall we? You're not going to get me to say the entire title of this show tonight. <laughs> oh, I was going to have you say it all in Japanese. <sighs> I don't even know what the whole show is called in Japanese. Anyways, first things first, let's start off with the synopsis of this show. 500 years have passed since humanity went a sti- yeah. <laughs> Okay, let me start that again. Where humanity went explode. Went or explode. 500 years have passed since humanity went extinct at the hands of the 17 beasts. Now, the only ones left are the fairies, a group of female warriors with the power to wield holy swords. Enduring a life of uncertainty, these girls know only danger, but everything changes when the last human suddenly awakens and takes them in. Can Willem help these girls trapped by war? All right. Now, we will be talking about another light novel series. Thankfully, this one is not a magical light novel high school Ichi harem school trash show, 
like some of the others. <laughs> Cossack! Uh, to be fair, we only have one of those this season, and we haven't had one in, like, six months before that, somehow. We've had a nice little hiatus from those. It's a genre course. we like to call Isekai. Isekai. So, I'll say this. This is... This isn't a trapped in a fantasy world series like akin to Grimgar, Log Horizon, or the one that shall not be named. This is a world that already just exists as a fantasy world, and everybody always exists. The only thing that really counts in that regard is our main character, Willem, who basically was frozen in a block of ice for 500 years at the hands of one of these beasts, and was uncovered by a bunch of Ravengers and basically had to integrate as a part of this new found society where everybody is a furry. Oh, uh, yeah, there's the furries. A furry or a scaly or a trolley. Hey, that is our word. You do not use our word like that. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm fucking confused. Are you going to fight me, mate? Look. I'll fight your feckin' mom. <laughs> uh, I'll fight your feckin' mom with my feckin' milkshakes. Ah, uh, fun time. All right, before we get off Jiggle, ground, jiggle, 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 fecker. We're off to a grounding start. Anyways, before we get on to that, let's move on to uh, who we thought our predictions were for ADR and writers. I thought it was your feckin' mom, Trebek. As I'm aware, none of these ladies are my mom. But for this How do you one... know? Alright. So I'm sorry. who would like to go first at for their predictions? Um, I guess I'll go. Uh so for director, I said Felisa Angel. Uh my reasoning was that I knew she was done with puzzle and X Dragons by this point. And I, and I figured this would be an interesting show for her to tackle, trying a little fantasy thing. And I really liked her direction of the stuff I've seen, so I figured why not. And for a script writer, I said Emily Daves, uh, specifically because she did the script for Planetary, and that was kind of a big melodramatic key thing, so I figured she'd be a good fit here. And uh, yeah, that's basically it for me. <laughs> All right. All right, Roots, Megan, would you like to go next? Uh, I'll go next. I had two director choices. Uh, one of them, my first choice, because I forgot Monster Hunter Stories Right On was still going. I predicted Chris George because it was a fantasy show. And okay. the last time he did a fantasy show, uh, Snow White with the Red Hair, it did a really, it was a really good show. And he, I believe he's also had his swipe at trashy light novel shows. <laughs> OJ, God. Uh, um, I'm getting flashbacks, man. I'm getting flashbacks. The best-selling okay, show of okay. the spring season. <laughs> ah! <laughs> okay, first of all, one. Okay, we gotta stop and talk about that. Who the fuck in the marketing department goes, yo, we need to hype up this piece of shit show. Wow, is that popular? Like, was My Hero Academia not as popular because of pirates? Oh, no, it was a popular show. It was just a lighter season, so there was only a couple of other shows they really could have pimped out. So you picked Shitoj. 
Better than Kumamiko. I'm still not over that ending. Why, did the bear fuck the girl? No, that's another story for another time. Oh no, you're telling me after this recording. I want to know. Anyway, my other prediction was because of how large the cast was, and there were so many chidlins, I picked Jade Saxton because Jade Saxton is a good chidlin wrangler. She's good at wrangling the chidlins. Speaking of chidlins, Roots, who'd you have? Akko, don't do that, Akko. That's not a healthy relationship, Akko. Put okay, that Roots, brick Roots. down. Roots, Put the Roots, down. look at me. Look at me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes, even though you can't see me right now because we're on Skype. Think of Akka 13 and all will be okay. Ah, uh, I want some bread now. Uh, that was a satisfying uh... show. <laughs> yeah, think of the good, think of good satisfying shows. Like My Hero Academia, Attack on Titan, Samurai Jack. Ah, the best anime ever. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm back. I'm Are back. you okay now, man? I'm good. We're back. Okay. We walked him off the ledge, thank God. Okay, so, um, fantasy show with a lot of characters and strange terminology. Seemed like a Clifford Chapin show to me. Huh. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. As for me, uh, I had none for Ryder, but I had two for ADR. I figured this would be a good show to let a uh, couple, some of the newer talent, uh, some of the newer directors in to try and spread their wings a little bit. That thought process was correct, just not who I was thinking. For this, I also had Felicia Angeal as ADR because she just got out Puzzles and Dragon. And she's worked on fantasy shows like Grimgar before, as well as Tia Ballard, who had also recently worked on a fantasy show, Chain Chronicle, last season, which we did not cover. I still haven't seen that, like, at all. <laughs> it's on my watch list, and I really need to get to it, because I've heard not too terrible things. It is a show that existed, but... As for our actual director-writer combination, who did we actually have? Well, oh, wait, I didn't actually say who my writer was. I had a writer prediction. I forgot to say it. I thought we were doing them separate. Oh, no. Oh, I did too. Oh, no. My my writer prediction is Kristen McGuire because Kristen McGuire is fucking awesome. And, uh, who'd you have? And um, I had Bonnie Clinkenbeard, mainly terminology. Okay, okay. I hear you. I just no. said Kristen McGuire because... She does a lot of really good writing with fantasy shows and with younger girls and interview with monster girls had a really good script. So, mm. all right. So our actual combination of director and writer was in fact for director. We have the lovely Alexis Tipton as well as for assistant ADR director, Miss Jeannie Torado, and for writer, we had Miss Jamie Marchi. Ah. Jamie Marchi. Marquis. Is it Marquis? Yeah, yeah it's Marquis. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Marquis. Okay. Jamie Marquis. There's always... There's going to be one this episode. Hopefully there won't be more. You'll know when we get to yeah, that. Yeah, the pun with the Twitter more. handle is Marky Mark, so... Okay. That's how you remember I, it. That is how you remember. Okay. For Alexis Tipton, she's currently only had two known anime ADR credits, and that's for 
Love Live Sunshine, and Masamune Kun's Revenge. As for Jeannie Tirado, I actually think this is, if I'm not mistaken, her first role as assistant ADR director. And I know she's absolutely done at least episode two or three because Alexis was at a con and she had no, to. No, Alexis take... wasn't at a con. Alexis was on vacation. Okay, actors get vacations too. As well as for writer, Jamie Mark Erke has written for such shows as Orange, Yamada's First Time, Mikagura's School Suite, Yurikuma Arashi, and Panty and Stocking with Garda Belt. Alright, so let's how about we do a little order for sequence for how we go through this? Uh who wants to go first? Uh sure, I guess I'll go again. Alright, let's go actually let's do it round robin like we did before. Uh let's go Jet, Megan, Roots, and myself. <laughs> okay. Works for me. Alright, uh, so as far as direction goes, I think this is the first thing I've heard Alexis Simpson do since Love Live Sunshine, and that was mostly, uh, Caitlin Glass thing. Um, so this is my first time really kind of getting a feel for her as a director, and I was actually really surprised. Like, it's a really solid dub. I really like the direction uh, she's been able to pull out so far. And, um, as far as, like, the script writing goes, like, I actually couldn't tell who it was initially, uh, mostly because there was a lot of, like, weird prose in the first episode and I usually kind of associate that sort of thing with J. Michael Tatum. So I was a little bit surprised to see it was Jamie Barkey, but when I look back over it, it made sense to me. And uh, so far, I'm pretty happy with the script. It's, uh, it's uh, I mean, it's a little loose in places, but it's uh, definitely it's definitely one of her better scripts. Um, and, so, and I certainly don't think it'll be as controversial as her thing from last season. As I, and We've gotten that conversation out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, overall, I'm uh, pretty happy on both accounts so far. Like, I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't sure what to expect from this one, but I'm pretty happy with it so far. Megan. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's because I just genuinely am not enjoying the show as much as I thought I would be, or really, it's it's kind of hard. Because I feel like I'm watching the show and will continue to watch the show in English, not because I genuinely enjoy any character or maybe, maybe one performance, maybe two out of the whole cast. Um, I'm watching the show because there's, like, one element and I want to know what the fuck happens to, like, one character. That's it. Like, once her plot gets resolved, if it gets resolved before the end of the show, I'll drop the show. This is a dub to me that I feel like just blends into the background. Which, it, it that's not as necessarily a knock against the dub being particularly bad. It's serviceable, which you do need dubs like that that are just okay and that people who can't watch the show in the Japanese or prefer to watch dubs can get by and not really like complain a lot about it. Um, there are a lot of kids in this show and it's not like in Token Ranbu where a lot of the voices were, and I think it's cause it was boys. Um, a lot of the little girls sound really similar to me and the ones who don't have their voice pitches are so high that it hurts sometimes. 
um, watching episode four with the character that goes around, the little girl character that goes around with her, it was it was distracting at points how high pitched the voice was, and it hurt my ears. I think a lot of the adult male characters or more adult characters have really great voices and are really good. I haven't really noticed anything about Jamie's writing that is like something like the Dragon Maid incident where it can be taken the wrong way. Um, and I think this is another time where we're going to see a lot more drama out of her than comedy because there's maybe been one like super, super funny moment in the whole show. And even then, that was the moment for me that kicked in. Oh yeah, that's right. This is a light novel show, so I just think it's it's okay, and I don't think it's a knock against Alexis, because Alexis is still a bit of a new director, and frankly, the show she worked on last season, I've been told, is hot fucking garbage. I let's put it like this: you have a very big anger rage at Neto Gay. I have a very big anger rage at Masamune, and that is not a knock against Alexis. Alexis. That's all. Japan's fault. That is, I actually thought the dub for that was very strong, especially with leading man Josh Greel, who was fucking phenomenal and was making me laugh my ass off at various Yeah, moments. and I mean, so it's not like Alexis hasn't done a really good dub before. I just feel like this one's just kind of middle of the road. And if you asked me out of all of the dubs that are out there to sit and watch, I would be more inclined to watch something that I really, really enjoy, like Royal Tutor, or even if I'm not too keen on the show, Sock Request, or I'm going to go watch the fucking hot garbage that is Seven Mortal Sins, because the dub of that show is entertaining as fuck. Alright. Alright. So, Roots, what do you have to say, sir? Alright, um... From a technical standpoint, it works. Um, You know, a lot... The thing with light novel shows is you gotta judge it by the terminology and how that's handled. And for the most part, it was handled alright in the dub. Um, The show is just okay to me, like with Megan. So, it... It does blend in quite a bit. <clears throat> but, you know... It is... Uh, it is Satellite who are known for stellar, stellar animation. So... I may check it out a bit longer. Wait, they are? Because there were some scenes I watched with Willem's face that just looked awful. Uh, well, they're I don't not. Know they're, if they're satellites not... really that associated with good animation. Like, I mean, there's info gear, okay, but that's okay. basically it. Okay, fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, you got me. It's not. It's. It is not a bad looking show. By no, they, it gets it is some... a decent looking show. And there's some Sakuga moments that I've gotten to see, courtesy of Sakuga Blog and Crunchyroll's little weekly animation videos. There's apparently a cool moment in episode six later on. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the kind of stuff I'm sticking around for, you know. <clears throat> Dub's just basically there, so I don't have to read, and I can watch that stuff go on. But uh, and as just like everybody else, it's not a it's not a knock against Alexis Tipton. It's more about the subject matter at hand. All right, 
And as for my thoughts, I feel that the direction of this series, along with a number of these actors, I am pleasantly enjoying quite a bit. Um, most of the little kids are kind of white noise, but the ones that do speak and stand out, I found myself enjoying. There's a couple of performances that surprised me, or I thought were much more interesting than I anticipated being. And yeah, as for writing, it was it was pretty solid for the most part. And even the bits that did sound like Jamie Mark Erky writing weren't exact, weren't like hot garbage trash memes that are sometimes associated with some of those scripts. I think they're solid, and actually some of the ones I thought worked a little better. I actually thought there was a line where Niklako, okay, that is not how you say that name, Niklato, where she's like, what, in the sub, she was like, what is wrong with this crazy world? And then it was something like, why did this hap have to happen? Where I thought, what is wrong with this crazy world is one of those things that's a little on the nose and subtle about, oh, something's wrong with society, where it's just thought, this is, what's wrong with this? Actually, let me find the actual line. I had this written down in my notes. Uh, a lot of hot air. Let's cut that bit. Um, why does it have to be this way? I thought that worked a little better in regards to that. As for the show itself, I feel this is not like I, we keep saying light novel a lot, and light novel can mean a lot of different things. Light novel is typically associated for some of us long-term anime watchers as, like, really trashy, run-of-the-mill, generic shit. I feel like this show, compared to a lot of other light novel fantasy shows, is not a hot garbage show. I think it is actually surprisingly kind of sweet and charming and not even like in a way it's less of a haremy show than i was scared of it being and more of a just bunch of cute girls with powers and tragedy is afoot even if nothing's shown up that far in you know tragedy is going to hit the fan soon enough you know i think it, <clears throat> it actually kind of reminds me of like late '90s, early 2000s key visual novels. Yeah, it does really? feel like that. You know what? Actually, I can kind of see where you're going with that, especially the, with the leading lady and the main dude, who, which is actually gonna be funny when we get to predictions. I can totally see what you mean by this being similar to key stuff, in terms of that, tra in terms of that impending cute girl tragedy thing. But yeah, this isn't like, oh no, Willem walks in on a bunch of girls changing in their underwear and or any of that hot garbage stuff. You could go to Akasic Records. I think it's a fine show. No, there was a moment, though, in episode three that I thought was going to be the hot garbage. And I was like, oh, good God, here we go. I think I know which one, but we'll bring it up later. Point is, it's not a show I'm in love with. But it is not a show that I think is, like, making me cringe and groan as some of these others will. I think the world is actually pretty interesting, and I like some of the stuff with the flying islands. And I like how these super badass human, 
human weapons that are like the best of the best are just a bunch of magic talismans basically smushed together to make a sword. I thought that was actually kind of a neat world building detail. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was actually pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it actually has really good world building, which is really surprising for a light novel thing. I think the world is interesting. I like what they're setting up with some of it. And there's a lot of tropes that it could have taken that it hasn't, but it hasn't it hasn't hooked me completely yet, but it hasn't made me cringe and groan as some of these tend to do. As for direction, I think the actors and sound great, and I think the directors do a great job, and I think the script is solid for the work they're given. Alright. I think we're bound to move on. What do you guys say? Yep, let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. Alright. In this show, there are a bunch of... Too many. There are too many, most of which I don't even know their names. There's like 20 or 30 little girls that are leprechaun fairies that basically... The reason they exist in this weapon depot is that they can imitate humans... And therefore, they can wield these great human weapons. So they've basically been raised as, like, expendable weapons, so they don't really give a shit about living or dying. <laughs> so... I'm fine! Yes. It falls off. Uh, so, for this, for this section, we're not going to go through all of these, since most of these don't even have names or known voices. We'll go through the main group of four. Tiat... Hannibal, Lakesh, and Colin. Otherwise, what I like to refer to as the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> this... I hate you so much right now. This joke Hold on. has several... Hold on. Okay, I'm seriously about to read to the screen mean... and joke you. Do you mean the Lollipop Guild or the Lullaby League? Okay, this I'm joke, about to joke both of you. <laughs> this joke has several open. This is my open interpretation for this. Yeah, bit. remember, you're sharing a hotel room with Andrew. You can just smother him with a pillow. That he can. I'll say this: there are several different interpretations to this gag I'm making. You, the simplest one. One of them, I hope, is ball-shaped so that I can wrap it around your face. Sim simply put, they are. They have technicolor hair, and they are a group of dancing little children, and they are adorable and sweet. And there is no other way to interpret the phrase. At all. No siree. Except for the one that falls off a clip. She pops pretty good. I hate you. Hey, we're off to a wonderful, wonderful start. I hate you so much right now. Love you. All right. So, for predictions, let's go around the same order we did. Jet? I had absolutely none. I didn't even bother trying. I I do have them, but I don't know their... F okay, so let me just check her. Just say the actors. They could be for Hold any on. of them. Tiot, I had Alex Amore or Jill Harris. Uh. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. I didn't... Oh shit! Crap! Uh, hold on a second. Uh, no, no! Please don't go to the Yowie site. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Fuck! I didn't mean to say that out loud. 
Megan, Megan, come on. I, I know there's not that many dudes, but... <laughs> no, I just have a link to a site where there's just a... I'm not, you know what? I'm not incriminating myself. I'm not incriminating myself tonight. Balls on stream. Balls on stream. Megan pleads the fifth. I played the fifth. Don't worry. This isn't the worst thing that's been done live. That honor belongs to Dark Side Phil. I was gonna say no. There's a there's a league streamer that um was actually caught wanking on camera. Oh no, that's what Dark Side <laughs> Phil did. Yeah. Okay. Panable. Okay. Uh, did I give Panable a person? I know I gave. I have the. See, here's the thing with my thing. Um. I okay. There we go. So for Panable, I had um, Terry Doty, Allison Victorin, or a Snatch Dallas area child. Snatch Dallas. Oh, actually, I forgot. Like an orphan picked up off the street in Dallas. Uh, our friend Jamal actually made us a list of pronunciations for these characters to help us with this crazy show. Some of these oh. I already got wrong. It's Tiot, Panable. Lockish and Lockash I have Kulon Lockesh, is the one I got wrong. Lockash I have Leah Clark or another plucky Dallas based orphan. And then Colon I have to go because again I, I did my predictions at work. So I have a printout. Okay. Jesus fuck, did I not give her one? Anyways, so Roots. Yeah, no, I didn't actually get the last one. I apparently am fucking stupid. Um, it's all good. You can go back to your to the Yaoi site while we finish. This I'm up. not. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Look, there's only like two I like to read, and I own one of them. And I'm Megan, one from Megan, we're not gonna kick shame you. Everybody's got their uh, got the thing. It's cool. Oh. Okay, Roots. What you got? Okay, let's see here. Um, I'll fucking kill myself. <clears throat> uh, Tiot, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Panable, Terry Doty, Wakesh, Afia Yu, and Kalon, uh, Monica Rial. All right. Oh my god. As for me. Though I predicted just four actors that I thought could do these children voices good. Alright. I got Allison Victorian, Sarah Ragsdale, Laura Woodhall, and Tia Ballard for any of these four characters. Because honestly, I feel they were all kind of sort of interchangeable with high-pitched voice and could pull it off regardless. Oh, ooh, hold on. Um... I also had one more prediction. Basically, the other kids, and in all capitals, bring your daughter to work day. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, some of my other predictions for the children um, were like a Dallas, a random Dallas based child snatched off the street. Um. Oh, oh wait! I did have a prediction for Colon, and I I forgot to say it. It was Alexis Tipton or that kid 
who played a tree in the last Dallas-based elementary school play. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and uh, I was like, shoeshine for a pence. No, look, but I do you want to voice act for like, us? Look, look, all of, all first of, of all, look, can... all, first of all, one, if you're going to be doing a Dallas-based orphan, it's like, Jason, I'll shine your boots for... Fuck, I can't do something else. <laughs> you can't do Cockney, so you got to do... Hey, what's good? You gotta, you gotta do. No, you gotta do Southern drawl because you were in Texas. So I'll shine your boots for a dollar. What? You want me to come do one of those talky pictures? Fuck, I can't. Hey, sir, you want to do some voice acting? (laughs) Come here, little boy. Get in my van and do some voice acting. Oh my god. Oh my god. And And you're mad at me for the lollipop guild. Fuck off. Good night, everybody! <laughs> you okay. want to voice act? I have candy. What oh, are you God. doing, officer? Come into my mobile booth, little girl! Okay, I'm wrangling this up right the fuck now. All these little children <laughs> are precious little lollipop angels that will hopefully not die in this show. They never saw it coming. You oh, never see God. it coming. <laughs> is played by Laura Woodhull. Panable is played by Sarah Wiedenhaf. Lakesh... Oh, damn it! I thought it was going to be Mads McKellen. Fuck. Lakesh is voiced by Jill Harris, and Kulan is voiced by Christy Rockroth. I think that's how you say her name. It's not the first and not the last pronunciation we're going to butcher tonight. As for prior roles they've played... Laura Woodhall is known for Kosuri Onigashira in Shimaneta, young Izuku Midoriya in My Hero Academia, Hina Kubuta in Barakamon, and Hinami Fuiguchi in Tokyo Ghoul. Sarah hey, Wood- Andrew, now that you've seen that episode of Tokyo Ghoul, do you understand the joke I- the horrible, horrible joke I made in Akiba's trip? Somebody agreed to have sex with Bado. I don't understand that. <laughs> and his daughter is hot! And his daughter is hot. Anyways... Sarah Wiedenhef, otherwise known for roles such as Sachiko Osane in Rampo Kitan, Yuki Kusakabe in Interviews with Monster Girls, Ruby Kurosawa in Love Life Sunshine, and Rin Tachibana in Free. Jill Harris is known for roles such as Sakura Kiyoshiki in Assassination Classroom, Sakura Usuda in Three Leaves, Three Colors, and Sukumi in Honda Kun, as well as Orabella Fiora in Overlord, speaking of light novels. Kulan, otherwise played by Christy Rothrock, otherwise known for roles as Ayase Kurokiri in Keijo, Miara Gin in Alderaman of the Sky, Ashigara in Kankol, and Setsuko Sato in Tsukika Hire. I need a drink, hang on. I think he's still angry. I'm still a little. Jet, what did you think? I mean, I wasn't really paying that much attention to the little girls because they were just kind of mostly hanging around in the background for the most part, but um, they sounded pretty alright to me. Like, I mean, it did kind of sound a little bit too high-pitched in some instances, but it wasn't like 
ear scratchingly bad. And, and, I mean, I tend to be a little, I tend to be pretty lenient with that sort of thing, so I thought they sounded fine. Okay. Megan? <coughs> Megan, I know you had some choice words. Ah, <coughs> uh, you know you had some choice words. <sighs> First of all, one, I am so, I am laughing so hard because you got so pissed. Um, I, they're, I'm sorry. they're adorable little children. And I know, they're the adorable man. little children and that was bad. But I, I didn't mean it like that, you creep. You took it the wrong way. Um, anyway, I, oh god, I am not super, super cool with a lot of the voices. I mean, like I said, serviceable dub, but I feel like Sarah Wiedenhoff is panable is perfectly fine. Uh, Jill as Lockash is fine. Um, Christy as Colon, I, Coulon, I don't even know which one that fucking is. I can't tell them apart, but I can't tell who Tiot is. I could not stand episode four. And I actually really like Laura Woodhall as an actress. I think she's phenomenal in Tokyo Ghoul's Hinami. And if they ever adapt Re where Hinami gets older, I would be very upset if they changed her voice. Um, I thought she was she's great in Princess Jellyfish. She's great in Yuri on Ice. Um, she's great. She's fucking fantastic in Shimonetta. But Tiot's voice is so high-pitched. It hurt for me to watch episode four. I like... Like, I could, it felt like grading on a chalkboard, which I don't want to say, I don't know if it's something was done to her voice that made it go higher than it is, or if Laura can really do that. And if Laura can really do, do that for a little girl, good on her. It's just that I... if you didn't know Laura Woodhall's voice, and didn't know that Laura of Laura Woodhall's acting and say you're somebody who is not a dub watcher and your friend's like, oh, come on, not all dubs are bad. And this was the dub that you picked and you heard Tiat. I could easily somebody say some have this be like a performance that people are like, no, anime dubs suck if they're not in the right Ooh. mindset. I Ooh. definitely disagree. Like. I, I, I disagree completely. I don't. I don't think it's horrible. It just it hurt my ears I, personally. I think I right. know what happened with that episode. I think that episode in particular, it was basically the little girl was fangirling at every single one of she these sites screaming, in the city. She was screaming a lot. It was one of those little sites in the city because she's really into those romance lizard movies, which I want to know how that works because she's she a scaly. Saw, it's like you make all the pilgr it's like the Japanese pilgrimage to that church from Lucky Star or their favorite anime. And that was basically the the child experiencing that firsthand. And it was a long period of her fangirling with And little- like I said, it's not horrible all the time. It's just that when she screams at hers because I do the rest of the episode she she does have quieter moments when she's at the doctor's office and it gets a lot better. But I was gonna say if you're like I said, if you're someone who's looking to pick a fight with dubs and you're that person who's like oh yeah it's just older women like playing really high pitchy little girls all the time this is something i i'm saying that you could potentially misconstrue this isn't me attacking laura's acting or laura as a person or the dub industry i'm just saying it can be taken the wrong way Mm. Mm. all right okay so roots 
Yeah, it's it's basically the same kind of issue I had with Miss um, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. <clears throat> it's not an issue with the actresses themselves. It is just really hard to do little kids, especially girls. And especially when you consider that on the Japanese side, they actually got kids. Well, one of them. I, I don't know if they were all kids. I know at least one of them yeah. was like a first grader that won a contest. I'm not sure which one that girl plays. <clears throat> I know she plays somebody. Maybe she plays the little girl that like can't keep up with the rest of the group. I, I thought that one was adorable. She's like, oh, wait for me. Right. Yeah, that little girl is adorable as hell. Alright, continue, Roots. Yeah, it's... It's just that issue of adults playing kids, and it's in... It's not even an issue with... That's just contained with anime. It is, like... Cartoons in general. And it's like, that's an issue English. with, like, Jap a lot of Japanese dubs, too, while you're at it. Yeah. Because they have the same issue as yeah. well. Yeah. There's a couple of shows where that is the case, where they actually do have, like, authentic kids, but not often. This is one of those shows that actually has one of the little girls that's played by a little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Mm. It's just kind of hard to, you know... <clears throat> keep up with the Joneses, I guess, is the term I'm looking for. Alright, so... But otherwise, as... oh, their sorry. performances work. Okay. I'm... Alright, as for my thoughts, I think when it comes to, like, little kids, you do have some of these issues, but I think all of them are definitely serviceable and work for their respective roles. I think Tiot is definitely, while high-pitched, I think she's fun and adorable in when she's going through that little pilgrimage. Panable's fun as the more straight-laced, chill one that'll just attack people. Is like, hey, what's up? She's the one where it's like you'd hang out with and be like, bro, you're my bro, bro, bro. Uh, Lakash is the one that I feel so bad for because she keeps apologizing over tripping over everybody, and I feel that. And Kulan, I can't even remember your name. I don't know much about you. You have pink hair. I think all of them are serviceable in their roles. And I do enjoy these characters, actually. Like, this is a show where it's like, if something were to happen, and I guarantee you, something's going to happen... I would probably feel things, because I don't think any of them are too annoying. I think it is actually really charming and fun to see Willem interact with these kids, and, like, when he when they learn the truth about him, and Niglatho's like, I hope you don't hate him because you know he's a human, they all run to his bedside, they're like, oh my god, you're human? That's so cool! Tell me everything! How does it work? How does this work? Oh my god, are you gonna get better? Are you gonna die? If you die, can I have your stuff? And it's just really cute and adorable. And it's like, that, that makes me feel things. And I, I guarantee that's probably the trap. But I do enjoy these characters. And I do enjoy that this series goes for a much more like caretaker-ish approach to these characters. And it's like, He's, he's not even like, oh, I don't want anything to do with these kids. He's just 
Oh. Anyways, I'll tell you everything. Keep it down so the big bad troll lady doesn't find you and eat you. Here's some fucking food. Have a blast. I think I think all the voice actresses for what they were given did a good job, and I enjoy these characters enough. Oh, uh, that was yeah. an awkward silence. I hope nobody <laughs> pops their head open. Anyways, all right. So now now that we've gotten these little adorable childrens out of the way, it's time to go on to a little more masculine, scaly, horny character. Oh, God. That, <sighs> uh, that one was completely unintentional, and I feel bad about it. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to be covering Grick, Grey Crack, and Limeskin. Those are probably some of the simpler ones to pronounce for the night. Uh, Grick, Grey Crack is basically the guy that gives Willem a bunch of his jobs, and Limeskin is a top military officer who is in charge of Katoli and the other girls at the facility. Okay. Anyways, so, who did you all have predictions for these two characters? Jet? Um, I didn't have predictions for uh, Limeskin, but I did have one for Grick. Uh, for that one, I said Chris Savitt. As I am, as I am, as because, I mean, he can kind of do the whole laid-back, um, uh, kind of like elderly brother thing, so I figured he would be a good fit here. Laid-back mentor figure, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. I think he does that well. All right, Megan. Um, my predictions for Grick were Chris Waycamp or Jared Green. Uh, both because they can do kind of military. Again, uh, Grick is kind of this like weird little troll creature. So I figured that they could kind of do the older guy voice and be a little bit more gruff. And then for Limeskin, I had Chris Rager or Ian Sinclair because he was a big buff dude. And I figured he needed a big buff voice. All right. All right. Roots. Um, yeah. For, uh, for Grick, I had Christopher Bevins. <clears throat> Mainly, weirdly enough, because of Nino from Akka. I was still on Akka when I was doing my world end predictions. Like he's it, still on the Akka high. It's okay. <laughs> it's it, okay. I understand. It just felt like a really good fit. And um, as for Limeskin, I gave that to David Wald. Probably no explanation needed for that one. There's no explanation for needed. I see where you got that one. Uh, for Grick, Grey Crack, I was thinking a bit of a Grimgar. I was thinking Grimgar, and this character seemed like he'd be a trollish little shit. So I went for Clipper Chapin and Orion Pitts. As for Limeskin, I was thinking similarly. I thought Chris Rager and Robert McCall. Robert McCollum would do this particular gruff, laid-back mentor figure very well. <clears throat> Anyways, as for who is actually playing these two characters, for Grick, we have Brian Macy. Massey. 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 God. I'm even getting the simple ones tonight. Grick is played by Brian Massey, 
and Limeskin is played by <coughs> Christopher Sabat. Uh, Brian Massey, you will know for roles such as Okuni Nushi in Noragami Aragoto, Cocteus in Overlord, Rindo Urushiba in Tokyo ESP, Oolong in Dragon Ball Z Kai, and of course, Lad Russo in Bakano. Chris Sabat, at this point, I don't even think he needs an introduction. He's Piccolo and half of the cast of Dragon Ball Z, All Might in My Hero Academia, Jason in Tokyo Ghoul, Garterbelt in Panty and Stocking with Garterbelt, and Elfman Strauss from Fairy Tale. What did we all think of these two characters and their performances? Uh, I actually... Oh, wait, Jeff's first. Never mind. My bad. Okay. Okay. Anna, it's okay. You can go first. No, go first. We have an order. Yeah. Okay, um, so this is another case where these two characters didn't really leave too big an impression on me, but I did really like their voices. Like, I, was, I mean, like, I thought Brian Massey did kind of the whole, like, laid-back kind of mentor figure thing pretty well. And uh, Chris Abbott's just doing his usual Chris Abbott thing. And uh, his usual Chris Abbott thing is always like very enjoyable. As I, and as I and I guess he, and I guess he does kind of do the sort of. I mean, he does a pretty good job of kind of sounding, I guess, sort of like a laid-back commander type, like willing to you know kind of give the girls a little bit of, of slack, I guess. And um, yeah, I guess that's basically it for me. All right, Megan. Uh, I actually really liked Brian Massey as Grick. Um, I didn't expect it to really be him of all people, because Grick was is tiny. Grick is like little little itty bitty thing, and you expected Brian him Massey's... to sound younger, basically. No, not younger. Just just because trolls are weird and they have different ages. Um, I would expect Brian Massey's voice to come out of something as big as the Doctor Dude in Episode Four, not little tiny Grick. Because if I'm right, you see another couple little trolls later on in episode four, and like one of them is Aaron Dismuke. And that's what kind of voice I would have expected. Maybe not, which is why I picked like Chris Wakehamp, who can do a deeper voice, but not sound as like big and bulky, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah. But I, I really actually enjoyed it. I It was not something I expected Brian Massey to be playing. I just kind of wish he was there more often. And not just, like, this character we only see every once in a while. Um, Limeskin, Chris Sabat, it's, I mean, it's Chris Sabat. I don't expect the character to really do much, but I do like that he's, like, this calming mentor figure. All I want to know about Limeskin is this. There's a character that's not on our, uh, episode named, um... Don't even try to pronounce it. She's a dog lady. Pyracorlibia? And shut up if I said something dirty. Um, who all I know is she wants to meet Limeskin, and I'm hoping that's his wife. Um, because I want to hear Tia Ballard yell at Chris Abbott. Um, that'd be fun. But but I think that they both do a really great job in this. Um, I just kind of wish they were bigger characters too. Understandable. All right, roots. So, I gotta ask, what is with Brian Massey playing the tough guy cinnamon roles lately? <laughs> it's great. Like, 
There was Overlord, then there was Token Rambu, and now World End. <clears throat> I I love it. Like <clears throat> that's it I feel like that's the kind of thing he was meant to play. Play the good old rough uncle, like Grunkle Stan type characters. Like like the Yondu. Like that that's the closest thing I can oh, think yeah, of. Oh yeah, 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 that, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's that a That works good very fit. well, actually. Yeah, you see that movie? We're not spoiling anything. Exactly. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, not, one of my friends one of my friends did the, spoil what happened to Yondu for me. Though. He's oh, in okay. the first movie. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> But he's not that much of a cinnamon roll in the first movie. Alright. Anyways. Alright. So, you done, Roots? Or you got a little more? And, um, yeah, Sabbat being the calm mentor, <clears throat> I really wish he'd do that more often. And he kind of is now. <clears throat> My hero academic. <clears throat> exactly. Okay well, okay, well, he's more the cute mentor, Nacho. <laughs> oh, he... Oh, who, who would have expected All Might to be the most Moe character in that show? It's great. Young Midoriya! Would you like to eat lunch with me? And he's just like in a corner like, would you like to have some lunch? Oh, he's, that's so cute! By the Good way, my box. new favorite thing from this season of My Hero Academia would be either Ochako's faces from the end of the last episode. Or Bakugo's. No, I like Ochako's. Or best girl, Dark Shadow. Oh yeah, Dark Shadow is the true best girl. Any any girl in that series is the best. Girl. I will. I do need to find the gift though of it because I want to use it whenever someone I like someone calls me a demon. It's you know the gift of the Elmo, the flaming Elmo with his arms raised. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody did that with Bakugo. Oh, that's cute. Uh, that's and cute. I need it. That's amazing. I'm gonna try and find that since I think I know somebody who might. All right. Okay. So, can I? All right, it's my turn now. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm. Oh yeah, I'm the boss. I can make it my turn whenever I want. <laughs> it's weird having this power. All right. Uh, Brian and May. Brian. God, fuck. Brian and Macy. I thought was very good. I was expecting a younger voice from this character, so I was taken aback to hear it being played by Brian Macy. But Macy, fuck. Why am I getting the simple ones? Brian Massey. I thought Brian Massey was very good at this performance. He was very comfy, very supportive, and very kind. And I liked the dynamic he had going on with Willem, even if it was just for a couple of minutes. Same thing, similarly, with Limeskin and Katoli, where I was expecting him to be a bit more of a hard-ass when I initially saw him. But... He just has some tea with her when she's kind of very concerned about the possibility of, like, giving her life or doubting herself or doubting their efforts. And he's basically like, trust in your warrior's instincts and I will give you the benefit of the doubt if you believe in yourself and I will put my faith in you. And then and he's just laughing at the fact that she's like, you know what, I didn't actually want to be a warrior. And he's just fucking hollering laughing i thought that was a nice scene i think both of the scenes they're not in many scenes but they're all very nice like chill scenes where i enjoyed these characters when they showed up 
I have a bad oh. feeling about lime skin. Oh, so I'm waiting for it. Some suffering. Waiting is... for him to die? I'm no. waiting for suffering. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to be evil. I'm waiting for him to be the asshole. He hasn't. No, been... I think the asshole's gonna be the old guy in the opening. Oh, that I could oh, be yeah. too. I'm waiting for suffering and tragedy, and I know it's going to happen, but thankfully it hasn't happened yet. I know it's going to happen, don't fucking tell me. Anyways, let's move on to our next group of character. These two are some of the older, more experienced veteran warrior girls in this house. Ithea and Nephrin. I will attempt their full names, but fuck me, that's not going to happen. You know what? Actually, let me give it a shot. Ithea Mies Valgulius and Nephrin Ruk Insania. I think you got this mostly right, actually. I, God bless you, Jamal, you fucking beautiful son of a bitch. Anyway... Ithea is basically a giant trollish cat girl who basically is smugging at you and calling you a She's loser. not a cat girl. Is she? They just... No! They Did you not watch episode three? They brush her hair like that. Okay, she, they just brush her hair like that. You know what? I wasn't sure, actually. It <laughs> seems like she could have been. And Nephrin is the calm, cool, collected one who's very soft-spoken and probably well-read. Who did we predict for these two characters? Okay, um, so let's see. Uh, for Nephrin, I said Brita Palencia mainly because I don't think I've heard her to broadcast them in a little bit. And uh, she's pretty good at doing a kind of calm, reserved character. And I was kind of really looking forward to hearing her in something again. And for Ifia, I said Jeannie Toronto. Uh, mostly because, like, I've heard enough of her work at this point to know that she's kind of pretty good at doing hyperactive characters. And I was kind of thinking of who I wanted to do that kind of voice, and she immediately sparked to mind, mostly because of uh, stuff like Grimgar. Uh, so I figured she'd be a good choice here. All right. Oh, dropped that thing again. Megan, who do you have? Uh, for uh, Ithea, I had Bryn April, Felicia Angel, or Kristen McGuire, just because she seemed like the really upbeat and um, kind of trolly one. Um, Kristen McGuire kind of being, I want to see her in more stuff, mostly that's why I put her there, but uh, more upbeat and cheery, Bryn April, more troll, Felicia Angel, obviously thinking of Hikari and Shinoa in their own right. And Nephrin, I had Sarah Wiedenhef or Jade Saxton. Sarah Wiedenhef, Nef uh, Nephrin really reminded me of Shihoru being that kind of quieter and soft-spoken person. And then J Jade Saxton, obviously I was, I had Kana on the brain and I fucking loved Kana. So that's there. Give me a dragon plushie fucking damn it. I really want. I really want one of Kana's dragon form from the series. I agree. Roots. Yeah, um, Nephlin. I had um, Jade Saxton. I honestly can't remember for the life of me why I had her. I know I had a reason. 
Uh, quiet, soft-spoken, sort of soon soon. Probably. And um, I think uh, I want to say it was. Da -da 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 -da. <clears throat> ah, um, Madeline Morris. Interesting, but I can kind of see it. All right, for for Ithea, I had Alexis Tipton, funny enough, and Bryn April. Uh, for Nefren, I had Michaela Krantz, since she's done a lot of interesting varied roles, but I was thinking of the girl from Shimonetta, as well as, of course, Jade Saxton for obviously quiet, soft-spoken, little soon soon, and she pulls that off good. But our actual actors for these two characters playing Ithea, we have Brittany Karbowski, and for Nefrin, we have our director herself, Alexis Tipton. Uh, Brittany Karbowski is known for such roles as Migi from Parasite the Maxim, Black Star from Soul Eater, Makoto Misaka from the Raildex franchise, Ryo Fujibayashi from Clanid, as well as Wendy Marvel from Fairy Tale. Alexis Tipton, you might know her from Season 2 of My Hero Academia as Mei Hatsume, Kurumi Tokisaki from Data Live, Kofuku in Noragami, Maria from Maria the Virgin Witch, and Kureha Subaki from Yurikuma Arashi. Ah, now, I got that out of the way. Let's go around, Robin, like we have before. What did we think of these characters and their performances? Jet. Okay, well, I gotta be honest, like, it wasn't until I saw her name on a cast list that I realized that Brittany Karbowski somehow hasn't really been in a lot of broadcast subs, so I was, like, really surprised to see her name here. I mean, but I haven't kind of heard her to Funimation dub in a while, so it was really nice to see her here. Uh, I mean, this kind of character is pretty much uh, her usual element, so I thought she did really well here. I mean, it's kind of nice uh, seeing her doing something hyperactive again. And as for Alexis Tipton, uh, I actually didn't really know it was her until you said something, because I didn't really read the cast list. Uh, okay, but I guess that kind of speaks to uh, how good performance was. Like, I'm not really used to Alexis Tipton playing the introvert. I'm usually used to her being the hyperactive one, so it's a nice little change of pace, and I thought she did it pretty well here. She... Plays the character pretty cool, pretty laid back, and uh, it's a nice performance. I agree. Megan? Uh, I actually really enjoyed both of them. Uh, Brittany Karbowski as the troll of, of Trolls Ethia is so much fun. Like, she is, the way that she kind of introduces herself, sorry, there's a kitty on my bed who wants riches. Um, the way she introduces herself as a character being like, oh, so what type of little girls are you in? Like, to mess with Willem. And I really like the conversation and the banter there that she's the kind of trolly one. And then, for me, I think the really big standout of her performance, because she is probably one of the most enjoyable characters, and the one of the most enjoyable voices is in episode four, where Willem is just hugging poor Chitholi, and... She's just always like, please get him off. I can't breathe. And she goes, well, if you're screaming that loud, it clearly means you're not. <laughs> and she's kind of this little asshole. 
And then I think she also has my favorite out of contacts line. Um, no, wait, I think it's just always, so I'll save it for her. And then as for Nefrin, um, I was actually really surprised that it was Alexis Tipton. Because normally when I think of Alexis Tipton characters, I think of Kofuku, who's really kind of loud and louder and clumsy and has her moments. Or um, her channeling her best Jess Calvello as Mei Hatsume from My Hero. Oh, she's fantastic as that. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, so hearing her be so soft-spoken and stuff, even when she is playing another, like, little kid character, even her character in Token Ranbu was more of one of the more energetic kids. So, hearing her be super, super quiet is not something I'm 100% used to, but if someone else can point out a show to me where she is kind of like this, uh, go ahead, I'd like to hear more of it. All right, Roots. Uh, much the same as Megan. Um, I I have to say Alexis Tipton kind of vanished into the background for me, which, considering the character, that is not an insult in the slightest. <clears throat> I actually kind of expected it. And I just... I love how Brittany Karpowski's just like, Oh, hey! <clears throat> you know, hey, Willem! Why aren't you being this light novel trope? <laughs> You're right. That's ex that is exactly what she yeah. pulls. Is like, wow, is this like a forbidden love triangle going on? No, shut up. <laughs> I I kind of love how she, he she's working. He's working so hard to shut down all the light novel stuff that she's kind of expecting. <laughs> this is a surprisingly self-aware show in that, especially, like, with the ending in the first episode, where it's like, it, they expect, don't come back, is like, writers always like to shut down, like, the main characters, because, th thinking, they'll come back, but they'll die to make the, egg the viewer upset, and it's like, well, I guess I just can't come back expecting something big, like, oh, hey, let's get married, no, I want some cake, I'm gonna come back for cake. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that, that was fine. I made my point. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, for Ithea, she is just... Brittany as Ithea is just smug anime girl personified. And I love it. <laughs> it's just every... So she's like the Wendy's girl. <laughs> oh, yes. Shit. I need that art now. Fuck. We need an anime. <laughs> We have anime for Carl's Jr. and McDonald's, but we don't have it for Wendy's. Get on that. Question. Can it be a Yuri, and can she be fucking the Morton Salts girl? <laughs> Make it so, Japan. Make it so. <laughs> Damn it, Megan. And no, even better. Make the colonel. Even better, guys. Make the colonel her grandfather. You know how. <laughs> you know how there's that one anime coming out this summer? About the two girls with the boyfriends, but they're cheating on the boyfriends with each other. Oh, that's wait, wait, that's a thing. Okay. Yes, that's a th that's yes. what the show's about. It's literally called NTR. Oh good. Anyway, so the two girls are the Wendy's and the Morton Salt girl, and the boyfriends can be like McDonald's for Wendy's, and then I guess Old Bay for Morton Salt. <laughs> I want that fan fiction on my desk ASAP. Anyways, I fuck. I forgot to read the dirty fan fiction tonight! Shit! 
Okay, let's do that at a later point. Anyways, Ithea is a small, oh, so precious little troll, and I think she's fun and interesting and always a pleasant time when she's on screen. Alexis Tipton as Nephrin is a surprisingly interesting character where, like I said, I predicted Alexis for Ithea, but she was playing Nephrin instead, which I think actually works surprisingly well. I think she has played soft-spoken characters, but not so often. I'm almost curious if she picked that to try and do something a little out of her typical typecast. Oh yeah, I forgot she was the director for a second. Yeah, I, it's... It's interesting, but she's fun and kind of chill and laid back. And she's a fun little bookworm where they're having a, a fun time in the library trying to help this girl not die. But I enjoy both of these characters and their performances. Alright, now that we've gotten the little troll, now it's time for the big troll. The troll of trolls, the actual canon... Did you mean best girl? The actual canon best girl troll, Niglako. Hang on, this is going to take me a second. Niglatho. Niglatho. Yes, you got it. Basically, she was she was part of the group of Ravagers that uh, found Willem when he was frozen in the ice many years back, and she is the other caretaker of all these girls, and has a- I thought you were going to say frozen in carbonite for a second. Okay. Anyways, uh, she she's the other caretaker of these girls, and she has an interesting relationship with our main character. She does not want his- She wants his body in a pot with some onion and carrot. She doesn't- she doesn't want the dick- she wants the full-size packaged on a bun. Well, she wants the dick, but she just doesn't want it in that way. She would prefer it not with mayonnaise, but with ketchup. <laughs> um, uh, good night. <laughs> We're done. I'm out. I'm out. We're done here. We're I, done. I didn't go on any better note than that. You know what? That is fucking perfect. Let's move on and go on to predictions. Jet! Go now. <laughs> I can just hear the sounds of Andrew wanting to murder me in my sleep. You know what? Actually, I'm proud of you for that one. That one is full on A+. Plus. Yep. You get a gold star tonight. That one gets the full Orson Welles. You get yep. the Orson Welles. Okay. Uh, well, for me, I went the super lazy route for this one, and I said Monica Riel because, well, Monica Riel had to be in this dub somewhere. As I and I mean, and he's usually pretty good at kind of doing the kind of mature, mature kind of like big sisters character. So I figured he'd be a good fit here. All right, Megan. Uh, my prediction for uh, Niglatho was Colleen Clinkenbeard because she I thought she was going to be the mom type. Uh. Like, the maid mom, which I'm kind of right. I didn't know about the whole she wanted to eat him. Um, and then the other prediction I had, just to be safe in case she was, like, super duper duper duper, like, oh, take me now, light novel guy, dude, uh, was Morgan Garrett, which, now that I think about it, that was a really stupid way to put that out there. But in case she was more, like, hot for... Okay. Budget Gurren. <laughs> um, I had Morgan Garrett. Because Morgan Garrett, I learned to make orgasm noises. Okay. Uh... Yeah, I'm 
<laughs> Roots, how are you? Oh, come on, Andrew. You're in that episode. You're going to learn. Uh, I haven't started that yet because I need the place to myself because I can't watch that with nipple people. Nipple licking dowsing rod. Speaking of nipple licking dowsing, Roots, what'd you get? Oh, God. Getting the four kids surfing Brain again bleach? ready. Uh, Roots. Okay, in any case, um, this one's going to sound really weird, but hear me out. Like, I was, um, I was watching the first episode sub to get a general sense of things, and I got to the, uh, the troll girl character, whose name I can never pronounce for the life of me. Um. Let's call her Nancy. Niglotho. Niglotho. And the entire time, I could not get Akiba's trip out of my head. <clears throat> like I um I predicted Natalie Hoover. Ah, you went moy moy. I did go moy moy. Okay, I mean that's not that weird a choice. I can kind of see that working. See, honestly, I see the logic for that completely fine. Actually, um, all right. As for me, I had actually similar to. Actually, I had the same predictions as Megan. Funny enough, I had both Colleen Clinkenbeard. And Morgan Garrett for Niglatho. I we were th on the same level for that. Alright. And the actual person who is playing Niglatho, I keep saying it all the time just so I can remember how to say it, is our writer, Jamie Markey. Jamie Markey, you will have known her for such roles as Ayame Kajo from Shimonetta, Shunko Enoshima from the Danganronpa animes, Mari Ohara in Love Live Sunshine, Mount's Lady in My Hero Academia, and Kiki from Snow White with the Red Hair. I know we have an order for this one, but I kind of want to go first for this particular character. And I, just I, 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 I just, I just want to make, I just had to make the quick joke for it's the, the very obvious joke here. Go I ahead. can't, like, I can't believe we didn't have Jamie Markey playing an actual troll until now. You know what? That's a good point. All right. The world has come together. I'm going to break the order for a second because I actually want to talk about this one. I feel like I could have and should have picked uh, Jamie for this one, but I didn't, and for a very particular reason. Lukua. I uh, was yes. very disappointed in Lukua's her as Lukua in the Dragon Maid dub. I thought it was so laid back, kind of, eh, take the check and leave it. I was very disappointed and sort of unimpressed with her performance of that, and I was worried I was going to get the same thing as soon as I saw her cast as this character. I was happily proven wrong, because she is really great as... Niglatho. She is having so much fun with this character and she has such fun time being like the, the good meaning caretaker as well as the huge troll and the person that literally just wants to fucking eat his fucking flesh off of his bones. She doesn't want the bones. She wants the flesh off of his bones. And it's great. The chemistry between her and Willem is fucking hilarious and amazing. And I'm really happy with what Jamie's done with this character that all my concerns were proven wrong. So, yeah. 
like I said, Jamie's a great actress, but we've said some harsh things about her, both as an actor and a writer. But I think she does a solid job in both departments in the series. So yeah, good on you, Jamie. Good on you. Uh, yep, so, uh, yep, I pretty much in agreement with her. I was very happy with her performance here. Like, she does a really good job of balancing out the kind of, like, really comedic I, I want to eat you thing with the kind of more melodramatic stuff. I mean, like, the, I mean, like, it's a, I mean, it's kind of a tough balancing act, but she does it really well, and it's a really nice performance. All right. Megan? Kitty's being cute. Uh, no, I actually, Jamie is my favorite performance in the whole show. Um, I love her as this character. This is probably, I don't want to say it's one of my favorite Jamie performances, but this is one of the ones I really liked a lot. And I had a lot of the same fears as Andrew did about this. Because, frankly, you can put all of the lipstick on the thickness that you want. Luca was a shitty fucking character. And there was, I don't care what voice actress you would have put on that fucking character, you would have not salvaged it. I... She, I'm sorry. I, I don't like Luca as a character. I thought I, I thought the character was I a little don't. disappointing, but I feel like the voice might have helped that a little bit, and I didn't get that I don't think the voice... Personally, for me, the voice of Luca would not have helped because of the gag associated with Luca. Okay. I don't like that shit. That's fair. That shit is... I'm sorry. That did not need... I know this is an argument for another day. That did not need to exist in Dragon Maid as a show. And that's one of the few things that's keeping me from actually finishing the show. Is knowing I have to sit through the Luka Washota stuff. I feel like I would have preferred that relationship to be much more like actual big sister little brother instead of the not creepy and how many like strings can we put luca was fat ass in and i was super afraid that this was like you said was going to be the same thing with Niglotho. however from the first conversation she and willem have it was so relieving as somebody who watches anime especially being a girl who watches anime because I know that's, a, again, another debate for another day. All of these, like, little girls and, like, 15-year-olds and however the fuck old Naglatho is could be on their knees being mouth open for Willem to insert dick if this was a bad show. If this was garbage. But the fact that Naglatho can be both funny endearing and melodramatic all in one proves that this is a better anime than it is and i think jamie knocks it out of the park for me the biggest the two biggest scenes that really nail this is when she talks to limeskin about uh the three older girls going off in three days and opening the gate which means one of them's gonna die and the second one being explaining to the little kids where willem comes from and then they all disappear obviously because now they're all fascinated by willem and she's like all melodramatic and then she looks up she's like wait where did everybody go oh come on <laughs> to like the little kids and then she threatens to eat them because she's like the nanny i'm really happy that jamie got to play another character like this again because i really like jamie markey and things like panty and stocking as the narrator in hitalia and stuff but i also love when she gets to be characters like 
five from Terror in Residence, where she's a little bit more dramatic and stuff. So when she's um, Lulu from uh, Yuri Kuma Arashi are kind of the two more dramatic things that really point out my le- my mind. Or Kiki from Snow White, Snow White with the Red Hair. So I'm really, 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 really like Jamie. And from what I've seen in the rest of this year, she's she's not Rachel Robinson in Akka good. But she's, she's kind of an honorable mention for one of the better performances in a drama this year. All right. That was very well put, actually. Roots. To be fair... <clears throat> it it's going to take a lot to dethrone Rachel Robinson. But in any case, have you seen Moth in a dress? God damn. In any case, <laughs> I, No, we're saying the performance, not the character. I oh, really the move is hot. really like Jamie Markey in the Captain Mom role. Um I think she plays off the romantic slash culinary tension and the melodrama really well. The scene that stuck out for me was when she opens up the vault to show Willem the weapons. And she starts explaining, you know, hey, the kids are leprechauns. They imitate humans. So they're the only beings until you came around that can wield the weapons. And, and, you know, that, hey, now that I've told you this stuff, your perception of the girls is going to change. Like, I really like that she was able to get to that level of... Because it actually kind of... It almost sounded like she was genuinely concerned. Uh, Yeah, I thought... This was a surprisingly interesting character that I was scared was going to be kind of... Both the character and the performance, I was scared was going to be Lukua. And I got something a little more fresh on the plate. A little more filling. A little more filling. A little more, little more humanity in this dish, if you will. A little more human. And speaking of human beings we all want on a platter, I think now would be a good time to move on to what is not the main dish of tonight, actually. But this is the one preceding our final course. We will be discussing... Okay, this one, I actually need the document. The document. Willem Kamesh. A.K.A. the last surviving human in this world. Basically, he was sent to war. Frozen today. He was frozen today, 500 years ago. He was a little kid who had a bunch of younger children he was taking care of back in his younger days. And then he was given a job to take care of these girls in this armory. Kind of rekindling that same spirit, caring, and... Buttercake! Desire to make butter cake, yes. Anyways, who did we predict would play Willem? I mean, okay, okay. So getting into kind of the thing we were talking about earlier in regards to the whole, like, the girls. In regards to the whole the show, is it about how much the girls want his dick or anything like that? Like, I, like I'm like i not exactly certain 
how old Willem is supposed to be, but I'm figuring he was at least kind of in his early 20s or something like that. So I kind of wanted him to sound distinctly older than the girls, so my pick was Jason LeBrett. Hmm. And you know what? I could kind of see that, actually. I could kind of see that. Yeah. Is that your only prediction yeah, yet? Yeah, that was my only prediction, and I was pretty safe with this one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was in the same mindset that I didn't know how old he was, but he looked older than a teenager, but younger than, like, a 30-something. And it wasn't, like, a gene and, uh... A gene and, um... Oh my god, okay. I just... Yeah, where Gene and... What the fuck is his Who name? Who plays Nino. Nino. Nino look like... They're older, but they look like they're in their 20s. Because... Damn, they were dumped into the deep end of the Gene pool. Everybody in that um, show is hot. Anyways, continue. Actually, yeah. Even the old guy. Um, but No, my predictions for Willem were... Because I didn't know how old he was, and... I needed somebody I know who could go deeper, but at the same time could play a younger teenage guy. Uh, my first choice was Damon Mills because that boy has some fucking range. Um, my second pick was uh, Alejandro Saab, who I'm learning also has some fucking range. You know, it's funny you mentioned Damon Mills since he actually plays the Golems in episode four. Yeah, and they're like deep man voiced. Really now? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was him as all the golems. He's got some range on him. All right, Roots. Because, uh, guess who my prediction ended up being? Was it Damon Mills? Damon Mills. That's Cause, funny. Because, <laughs> like, Jet and Megan, I had trouble figuring out his age, so I'm just like, yeah, screw it. Voice acting black magic. That'll figure it out. That'll figure it out. As for me, I had two characters. Also kind of similar in that none of us can really pinpoint his age, but we all kind of are in the thought process of early 20-something. I had Rico Fajardo, because I was still thinking a bit of Grimgar, as well as, it's fun. this is why it's funny you brought up Key earlier, David Matranga. Hmm. Yeah, I really, I, I totally could see that 120%. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, as for our actual voice of Mr. Willem Kamesh, I probably butchered that again. It's Mr. Micah Solusad. You, when you say his last na- name, you make me think of a food called a Kanish. Willem Kamesh. Kanish. I'm hungry now. Speaking of hunger, he played Soul Eater Evans in Soul Eater. Haha, segue. He also played Makoto Smile Tatsukimoto in Ping Pong, Black from Blood Blockade Battlefront, Toma Kamijo from the Rail Deck series, and this one's going to be important for tonight's conversation. He plays Yuichiro Hyakuya in Seraph of the End. Gee, Willem looks like a budget Gurren Ichinose. I'm sorry. He looks like a budget Gurren, and he's voiced by you. It's like if you grow up... No, he's voiced by Micah. He's voiced by Micah. God, you fucking... (laughs) Damn it, I fell, I walked into that. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm so yeah, proud bro. of myself. Yeah. Uh, Lotho is not the biggest troll in tonight's conversation, ladies and gentlemen. It's Megan! All right. Uh, it's funny. It's like if you grew up deciding to be a much better dad than Gurren ever was, but puberty hit him to the point that he basically just looked like Gurren. <laughs> okay, um... I guess so, getting into thoughts, like, I was actually kind of a little worried when I first saw his name attached to the show, because, like I said before, I kind of, I was kind of wanted the character to sound a little bit older, and I usually kind of typically associate Michael Solison with teenagers, and uh, that fear kind of came true initially, like, for a while, I thought he sounded too young, but I think he kind of mostly makes up for it in how he plays the character, like... Like, the voice itself kind of sounds a little young, but he kind of plays the character like he's more mature than all the other girls. Like, he's really laid back in every scene he's in. As I, uh, he's, uh, he kind of knows how to play it cool, and uh, for the most part, it's a pretty solid performance. Like, I mean, I wish it was a little bit deeper, but it's kind of mostly a nitpick. I think it generally works. Me Megan, I have a question. Would you like to go last for this one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Roots. Okay, so... I, truth be told, wasn't 100% sold on Micah. <clears throat> like Jet, he just kind of sounded a bit too young. And even when he played... <clears throat> even when he played well, I'm pretty mature. I just... I don't know what it was. I... Like, there was just a level of suspension of disbelief that just wasn't reached. Hmm. Alright, is that it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. I'll say this. I think Micah is great. Though, as much as I like Micah, and I do like Micah as Willem, I'll say this. I do overall think he does a good job. It... It, that's the, the problem is that we can't quite pinpoint what the age of this character is. So it's hard to tell if Micah is right on the money or if he sounds younger than he should. I think that's what's happening here right that's, now. That's fair, though, considering the role that he's in in terms of, <clears throat> in terms of the job he's given... You know, caretaker of this weapons depot of little fairy kids. It just seems a hair too young for me. I think it's it's fair, but this isn't me saying I think he does a bad job. Because he shows off his range as well throughout. Because, like, when he goes through, like, his younger days, he sounds like Micah playing a younger teenager person. And when he's older, you hear the distinct difference of him playing somebody older and a little gruffer and mature. But it's... I, I still think he pulls off the good beats. He pulls off the comedy beats, the like maternal, like paternal fatherly beats, and also the dramatic moment when he realizes these kids he's really grown attached to aren't dead, and he kind of freaks out. And I legitimately thought I could hear Micah crying. I, like, I didn't even think the character was crying, but I was pretty convinced Micah sounded like he was crying, and I was impressed with that. Yeah, the beats were great, but 
the voice itself just sounded a little bit off. That's that's my big complaint. Fair is fair. Now, <sighs> Megan. Megan, this is this is one of your faves. What do you have this to say? Is my, this is my fave. No, correction. This is my fave. Um, it... Uh, it's hard. Because I don't think that it's a bad performance. I really don't. He gets the... But here's the thing. He's supposed to seem fatherly, I guess, to the girls. But it comes off more as older brother slash with one character worried boyfriend. And it's not a knock against Micah, I would say, because he's a perfectly good actor. He's a fantastic voice actor. He has done outright some of my favorite performances through simuldubs, whether it be Yukine from Noragami, um... My personal all-time favorite being Black and Blank from Blood Blockade Battlefront. I mean, he's done Yuichiro. He's done um, Soon Won. And with that, he's playing another character this series, this season, who is supposed to sound older. And you know what? He does. And he sounds like he is stern and stuff. And they're... And I don't know if this is him or the character itself. In that Willem is magical white bread to me. He is so bland and generic and like doesn't do anything for me as a character. I mean, Shinya, please don't make the mouse scream right now. Um, for me, it's just like he he doesn't have the character to me doesn't have anything to him. And I don't fault Micah for sounding younger or older, because if we can't pick up how old this fucking guy is, I don't think they're picking up how old Willem is. All we know about Willem is that he can use the swords, got frozen in carbonite for like 500 fucking years, and he doesn't want to get eaten by Naglafo. And he's like, I guess, the dad to this warehouse. And he does have his moments that are really good, whether it be when he's in the warehouse being like, Hey, look, if I didn't want to know about them, I would have already left by now. Or in episode four, when he's um, in the garden with Tia's character um, and asking the one soldier, he's like, I'm their caretaker. I should know the first one. But when he's being like dad or with the other kids or when he's giving the massage to Chithali, it just doesn't do anything for me. As a watcher and as a fan of his. It's just like, it's there. So, I mean, I've heard better performances out of him. I just don't really know what to pinpoint what I don't like and dis what I don't like about the character. But there are very few things I do like about the performance through this character. Again, it's not a bad performance and I'm not knocking Solasad. I just feel like there are so many other better performances of his that are out there. Yeah. Okay. So from what it sounds like, you don't dislike the performance. You just don't like the character. And I mean, the performance is just okay. His character in another show this season is a 
and it's a comedy show, is uproariously hilarious, and I love watching every second of it. Um, but even when he plays characters I don't like, like, I will say this right now, I fucking hate Soon Wan from Yona of the Dawn. I fucking hate that character. But he plays him so well. Ask Steph, when I heard when I heard that Soon Wan was Micah, I started screaming in anger. You know, for oh, a second, wow. I thought... I thought you were going to bring up Midnight from the best arc in Fairy Tale. Even when he's not. Even when you're. Okay, even in Fairy Tale, at least Midnight had a character, even if it was a shitty character. Like, at least I felt like there was something for him to dig into. I, if I can't pinpoint as somebody watching this show, what the fuck is up with Willem? Whether it be his age or his motivations, really, other than I want to protect people because that's a generic thing, I can't get into the character. And I, even if it is one of my favorite voice actors onto it, I'm just not getting into it. And I don't know if that's the fault of the show, the fault of the writing adaptation. I just don't get into this performance. You know what? That's that fair. is all fair and completely understandable. And with that, I think we've said all we can. I'll say at the very least, I'm glad he's kind of a sort of bland, chill character instead of a creepy creeperson or the embarrassed little teenage turdball light novel protagonist that we get in some of other shows. But I... But even, even then, as much as I hate those shows... At least it gives their characters some sort of, like, solid definition to grow from. I don't feel that with Willem at all. All right. That is completely fair. And now, our final character of the night, our main heroine for the show, as well as the fairy princess, so to speak. I'm not even sure she's a princess. Anyways, she's... Her name is... Oh, God, fucking help. Give me strength. <clears throat> Katoli Nota Senori... 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 Katoli Nota Senorius. Got it. Woo. All right. This is our main heroine for the show. She is the wielder of a powerful sword and somebody who is originally thought to sacrifice herself or has given up her life for the need of helping others not realizing being shown that there is a possibility she could use her own power and strength to survive and help others and take that gamble and she basically a starts taking uh willem as her mentor possibly even something else because the signs are on the wall it's hard to tell light novel what did we predict for this particular character? Okay, well, for me, well, let's see. It was, it's a melodramatic show and a blue-haired girl. So, for me, there was really only one obvious choice at this point, and that was Joe Harris, because, gosh darn it, she's been the melodramatic blue-haired girl in, like, three shows at this point, so. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> very, very reminiscent. I did not expect to talk about Key as much as I did tonight. But it's very relevant. All right, Megan. Um, 
my predictions were because I didn't know how old this bitch was, and I saw her just surrounded by children. I thought she was like 18 or 18 to 20. Uh, so my predictions were Dawn Bennett, because I figured Dawn Bennett can play the mom role very well, because she's got a really awesome range. Um, and she was older, as somebody I know who can do an older voice, but not like an adult older voice, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And then my other pick, um, just because I, I was feeling a little frisky and I, um, and I was like, you know what? Maybe some new blood's going to come in. And again, I, I don't really know this, this woman's range outside of one show. And in that show, I had not watched it when I made this prediction. So I had predicted Annabelle Thorne, not knowing she was doing her best Jaja impression in one show. <laughs> we will cover that show in due time for better roots only has roots only has to cover it if you if he loses the bet again i'm in this regardless no, and i'm going to watch it all and now. consume it all speaking of roots roots um i basically had jill harris or sarah whedon half because i i really didn't know what to do with the character all right I should probably mention, I also had Jill Harris, because I think we were all in very similar thought process. But for this one, I also had Jeannie Tirado, since she's proven her range as a dramatic character, as well as a lead heroine in a couple of other roles, and I think she could have easily pulled it off. As for the actual actress for this character, that honor goes to... Amber Lee Connors. Amber Lee Connors is a newer face, but she's done a couple of roles such as Nozomi Kaminashi from Keijo, Rhea Kazuno from Love Live Sunshine, Kana Tamari from Alderaman of the Sky, Tomomi Saki Sakio from Ladies vs. Butlers, and Rio Rollins Tachibana from Rio Rebelgate. So what did we all think of this character and her performance? It's like, um, it's like, uh, yeah, I think it's a really solid performance. Like, she nails all the beats she needs to. I didn't, um, I didn't really have any particular problems with it. Uh, as for the character herself, like, I'm kind of, like, it's kind of the weird thing where I'm kind of waiting to see if the show crosses a certain line. Like, how, like, you know how the whole thing in interviews with Monster yeah. Girls where, like, there was a whole thing about, like, whether or not they were actually going to cross the line in regards to how interested those girls were in the teacher? Like, yes. That, like, that's kind of my fear with this show because, again, I'm kind of about to do something. William is 20-something, and she's kind of very clearly 14 or whatever, so... 15. <laughs> 15. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also have that same fear, and while I was proven wrong with Monster Girls... I'm less trusting in this show that they w a won't. Of course, okay. there's always option B. Oh, right. Option B. <laughs> yep, there's... Okay, well, there's, also, there's always option D for death, but... <laughs> that is the... Oh, I thought option D was... Ah, oh, Megan, what do you think? No, I did not go there. Uh, I actually really liked uh, Chithali... Um, Chitholi, Chitholi, the whiner, to whiner, because uh, she whines a lot. Yes. 
Um, even though she's like, I don't want to... But I think she pulls off a lot of the dramatics and stuff. Um, and I think she pulls... The one thing, though, is I really did not need to hear Thali scream like she was being the sexed. Even though she was getting a massage, so thanks, uh, Lady Novel Crash. But uh, no, I actually really liked it, and I thought her performance was really great. Um, I think it helps that Chithali has an established character arc to her. Uh, like, she has actual, like, you know, characteristics, unlike other characters in the show. Um, so, I really, I, again, I really enjoyed it. Um, she's actually kind of the only reason I'm watching the show. Um, actually, no, that's not fair. I did, I did forget to say one thing about Willem. Uh, I want to know what the fuck's up with him after episode four, where he could suddenly dash like that. <laughs> um, but I want to know what's up with these two and their powers, because that's the only thing I'm uh, kind of looking for. But if Chithali bites it, I'm out. Same. Like, if she dies, I'm, I'm fucking done. Because she's kind of, outside of Niglatho, she's kind of the only that, character uh, that really, you know, has a character. That, that, but Megan, if she dies, it'll be in the final episode, so you're screwed either it, way. That seems like it's a final episode thing. <laughs> yeah, I've read up that this is supposed to be, like, one of the most depressing also, light novels out there. I kind of realized in hindsight, the beginning may have been the end. Yeah, probably. Like, remember that scene at the beginning? I didn't quite understand what that was at first, but it's very... I wasn't paying attention. Okay. okay. Roots? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the the whole massage scene was a bit of a groaner. I do like the beats. But she performed it very arc. well. I like the but beats she of Katali's well. character arc. I like the performance from Amberly Connors. <clears throat> She's probably the second best character in the show other than Nick Lotho. Kind of kind of distant though. Um and yeah, it, if she dies, I'm basically done with the show and I get the feeling she is going to die before the end. I think she's going to die at the end, but that's just me. Like I'm right. probably going to put a bet at episode 7 or 8. Interesting. I don't think that will be the case, but I will take you up on that bet. What do you want to bet? If she doesn't die, then he has to be in the Okami Zan episode with me. How is how is that punishment? That's I will show. wager ten at. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 wait, no, 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 wait, I got it, I got it. Yeah, oh God, that's you. I got it, I got it. If she doesn't bite it at seven or eight, blood sea. You monster. Damn you. Andrew, I thought I was a horrible person. I was going to say if she doesn't bite it at 7 or 8, he's got to watch the dramatical murder OVA. We could throw that on. You monster. But you know what? Let's make it Blood Sea. Anyways, my thought. Well, that's only one episode. Blood Sea is an entire traumatizing conga line of him getting fucked up the ass. I don't have to be part of that too, mind you. Anyways, uh, my thoughts. Back on topic. I... I'm going to be honest. I'm I was very impressed with Amber Lee Connor's performance of this character. I was she's still an actress. I can't quite pinpoint what she's going to sound like. So it's hard to imagine in my head what she will bring to the table. Some actresses Was she the lead in Keijo? She was the lead in Keijo. I totally forgot about that. 
Yeah, she's Lita Kejo. And I, I, it's, it sounds completely different from that role. She's got a lot of diversity in this performance. I even thought she sounded kind of like Alexis Tipton, to be honest, as funny as that is. I think she does a good job at being kind of, uh, being very cute and emotional, but she's also very interesting with a lot of different ranges from being childish, very sincere, as well as the impending drama and tragedy she brings. Like, I'm just very impressed. Like, even the whole freakout scene where she's, like, screaming when she realizes, oh, wait, I asked him to do an embarrassing thing. That whole scene is kind of amazing. But she performs it really well. And it's like, I, even though I, like, her relationship with Willem is probably the most light novel thing in this light novel series, I do like the chemistry they have. And the whole scene where they're talking about the weapon and they're, like, sparring together. And, like, when he's doing the whole promise me something when you come back. Also, don't ask for me to bury you. No, I don't want that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do I want? Make me butter cake. Butter cake. I like how that's such an endearing but very realistic thing somebody could ask for. And I really like that scene. And I really do like this character surprisingly more than I expected to. And I think Amber Lee Connors does it all. And I I would actually go so far to say that she is my favorite in this dub. Because I, I love Jamie as Nick Lotho. But I could see Jamie pulling that off. I could not see, did not, and did not know that Amberly Connors could do this, and I was very impressed. And with that, any other thoughts? Uh, not particularly. I no. think we kind of covered most of our thoughts back when we went over the ADR director. So. All right. Yeah. And now, very much so. Our final section of the series. So, let's go in order. Uh, Jet? I say, um, like, uh, like I said before, I think this is a pretty solid dub overall. I don't really have too many complaints about it. Say, and, uh, say, and as for the series itself, I'm mostly enjoying it so far. I mean, it's pretty low-key, but I'm mostly fine. Like I said before, I just kind of hope it doesn't really cross the interview with Monster Girl's line. I'm afraid it will, but... Uh, All right, Megan. <sighs> this is gonna be fun. Um, again, like I said, this is not my favorite show of the season. Um, am I disappointed I'm watching it? No, not really. And I always have the chance to drop it as of the episode. Um, I like I said, I'm probably gonna continue on because I'm at least genuinely curious as to what the fuck is up with Chithali, um, and what the fuck is up with Willem's powers. In terms of the overall dub, again, this is to me a serviceable dub. This is something that you could put on for someone who doesn't watch subs and they can get through it just fine. Maybe one or two performances that are a little bit too high-pitched um, for my personal taste. And again, if we're having some issues placing down some character beats... I don't know if we're missing something because we're not in the directing, writing, or acting part of it. We're only fans who are seeing what is potentially the final result. Um, I just wish that this was a little bit stronger. 
I wish that this was at least as good as something like... I'm trying to think of a dub that wasn't like the best thing I ever watched, but it wasn't the worst thing of the year. I mean, I wish it was something, honestly, maybe like Orange level, because I wasn't super, super impressed with Orange, but it wasn't a bad dub in the slightest. I, I, I thought Orange or was a great dub, but eh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, or maybe something like... All um, these girls are smarter than Naho, though. Shut up. <laughs> I stand by it! <laughs> it's- I'm joking with you. Or even something like, as much as I personally, like, super, 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 super like the show, um... God, I'm trying to think of a Sentai dub that I've watched recently, but the only one I watched was actually super good, and that was Nozaki. Um... I don't know, I don't feel like- I know a lot of people- I, I can't place a dub that I would put this at mid-tier with. Because at least with... I mean, it's not like dramatical murder god-awful. So you, you think it's a middle-of-the-road oh. dub, basically. Yeah. It's a middle-of-the-road dub for a series. Like, it's it's a carnival-level dub. Carnival isn't the best dub in the world, nor is it the worst. It's middle-of-the-road. And I feel like it's on-tier with that... But I kind of wish it was a little bit better because it does have a lot of actors I really like about it in it. And I, it, though I do hope this, I really hope this is just working in Alexis to get to a show that actually, like, is genuinely more liked. Such as how Jade went from Token Rambu to Monster Girls. Or even how Kyle Phillips got Dragon Maid and I don't, I have words for how I feel about Kyle Phillips' show, so... Yeah, so I'll just let Roots take it, because when I get to a Kyle Phillips dub, I'll talk about that. Okay, um... show itself is really kind of meh. Like... I'm actually pretty disappointed, considering how much hype it got... way, way early in the season. But, um... The dub, to its credit, works. It's just... It can't overcome the problems of the series itself. <clears throat> Alright. Alright. I'm... I'm going to be honest. I am also a little disappointed in this show in and of itself. Maybe it's just... I expected I could have been worse, but I also could have been better in and of itself. Maybe I just need to wait for some of the more action or traumatic, dramatic stuff. But I think it is a, from what I've seen, it is a fun, chill, comfy fantasy show with a lot of really cool world building elements. And I enjoy these characters. As for the dub, honestly, I quite enjoyed it actually a fair bit and i know this is still a fairly new group of directors in alexis and genie Torado, and i applaud them because i think there are really good strong performances in the show 
and I think they do do a lot with some of those, especially with the range of characters like Nicolato and Catholi, and even Willem that we've had some disagreements on. And I think it's a very serviceable script, considering all the nonsense terminology and names we are fucking struggling to pronounce all night. And I thought the characters in Akka were named fucking weird. Those are like English those are like fake English names. This is fake fantasy names. Those are nonsense to the nth degree. And this is the top tier of nonsense names. Like, did you all see the phrase Niglatho and expected to fucking pronounce that day one? Like, credit where it's due to, like, I don't think we're giving enough credit to ADR and writing for solid pronunciation all the fucking Time. That is an accomplishment in and of itself. But, I will say, the show itself is not perfect. It's got some flaws, and it's definitely crossing a sort of will-they-won't-they-unspoken-rule kind of thing, and it's hard to tell if that's okay or not, depending on the unknown age that Willem's got. But I think it's a solid fantasy show, and I think this is a solid dub and... A lot of solid performances. Okay. We got a lot of interesting opinions tonight. I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, to close us out. Um, all right. Now it's time for us to tell you where you can watch World End. You can go to watch the dub on Funimation Now. Or, you, if you prefer, you can watch the subtitled version over on Crunchyroll. Funimation, you can sign up for a 14-day free trial and a yearly subscription, I believe, is $5.95 a month. As for Crunchyroll, yearly subscription models goes for $6.95 a month, both of which are extremely solid, worthwhile services that are absolutely worth your time and money, and you only need to pay once, not twice. Anyways... Where can all of you find people be found on the interwebs? Um, okay, uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at, at DivineNega, or you can find me reviewing stuff on the fandom post or at my blog, Animation Infinity. All right, Megan, where can the fine folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at QueenEra2. Uh, that's about it. You can also find her with pictures of her kitty, Shinya, and talking about how she needs to poo. Not always. Uh, hopefully soon we're going to see pictures of my other kitty cat, Luna, because she's finally starting to get used to the baby, who is actually on my bed. And if you've been hearing, like, a weird squealy noise, it's that she has her light-up mouse and wants to fly Aww, with it. that's cute. And Roots? Yep, you can find me on Twitter, at Roots of Justice. I retweet pug pictures <clears throat> mostly wear a nice comfy tinfoil hat <clears throat> and I intend to have a blog soon-ish I know I keep saying that but I'll, I'll figure out something I really want to write again That's. you can also find me on the Funimation forums telling people to fuck right speaking off speaking of which you can also find me on the Funimation forums telling people to fuck off but you can also find me over on Twitter at MangaMan9000 doing the usual anime shit posts and puppy pictures. But if you want to follow Dub Talk, 
You can follow us on Twitter at DubTalkPodcast, as well as the same on Tumblr, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, maybe one more I'm forgetting. We're still getting used to networking, but yeah. Anyways, you can find us all there. And I think that's it for the night. Yeah. Thank you. If Thank you all you, for watching. This is your first time here. Um, you know, we are so sorry. Like, we are so sorry. I'm, re- I'm if not. You like what you see, like us, subscribe to our channel, and you know, ring the bell for notifications. It helps. It helps. Feel free to spread us around. Tell us how good we are, or tell us how much we suck and how much dub suck. We appreciate that too. It gives us strength and a giant, giant trollish grin. All right. Good night, everybody. And otaku on, my friends. Good night. Oh, hey. Ending theme song. That's kind of catchy. Oh, wait. Where did everybody go? Shit, I have no idea where I am. Shit, 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 shit. And, of course, no fucking signal in Light Novel Hill. Great. I don't even have a fucking map. Okay, okay. I've seen enough light novel anime. I think I can... Fuck! Knowing light novel tropes plays into light novel tropes. Uh, what am I gonna do now? I just wanna go home. <laughs>